Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Midweek Podcast, and we've got a lot of fun going on this week, Charlie. We're breaking down week number three now. Oh, yeah. We're in the thick of it. Well, I don't know. Is it the dog days yet? Oh, God, no. No, no, not yet, really. starting to coagulate, though. Just and, a little bit. And with that, we, there was an old rivalry we're breaking down now. Uh, one Uh-oh. of the series. Couple, you're right. It was rivalry weekend uh, over the weekend for a couple schools. One of oh, which yeah. was Georgia and Georgia Tech. Now headed into this series, we were really anticipating the matchup. Georgia Tech takes two or three. What's your reaction to that? Uh, I was wrong because I had Georgia. Uh, the series is kind of a wet fart, though, if you ask me. It wasn't exactly the most exciting thing to watch. But Friday, dude, Chance Huff shoved on Friday. He went seven innings, three hits, one run, six Ks. Um, my boy Jonathan Cannon didn't do great on paper with the six runs allowed. On six innings, but I do like watching the game. Cannon was uh like, I don't think he was actually that bad. Like he was bad numbers wise, but uh he really did pitch well. He didn't walk anybody or he had sorry, he had um one walk, my bad, not zero walks, but his stuff looked really sharp. Um stuff in the first thing, there's some poor defense that really hurt him a lot that kind of helped tech get ahead. But overall, I thought Cannon actually didn't do too poorly. Right, and this was kind of a big statement for Georgia Tech to take the first two games of this season to send themselves into the top ten, and Absolutely. they're just a, they're just a really good team. But you're right; I mean, you you get good starting pitching on day one, and then you move along to day two, and you go throw a shutout in Athens. I mean, that was impressive to to be able to follow up that Saturday performance after what they did on Friday, getting the eleven to seven win uh, to be able to get that shutout. Uh, yeah, absolutely. On Saturday. Yeah, and the weird part is like you're right. You said, you said it's a shutout. Uh, Zach Maxwell wasn't good. Like three innings mm-hmm. pitched, two hits, no runs. So like that's never a bad thing. Obviously, but three innings isn't great. Six walks and seven Ks. So. That pitch count was getting skyrocketed. Yeah, eighty-three pitches after three innings. <laughs> that's brutal. You can't. That's uh, that's a rough one. But Tech bull. Yeah, like the, we said, the Tech bullpen though. Hats off to them. They came up big. Really did keep. I think Georgia did not. Georgia it was look bad on Saturday too. They were completely outmatched. It was impressive. And it was Georgia Tech uh, getting that seven to nothing victory and winning the series on Saturday. And you talk about a guy like Zach Maxwell, maybe that's where the question for this team comes. Okay. They do have some legit offensive pieces. Even when Kevin Parada's not swinging the bat, well, he goes, he goes over four and they still put up seven runs and allow zero, but you wonder what the next step for this team's elite level play. I mean, it comes down to, can they consistently get that starting pitching? I mean, three different guys go three innings in this game uh, to kind of combine for that shutout. So that kind of played a big role into what they were going to do um, from on the mound. And and from that perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like you said, Kevin product, when Kevin's not doing it, uh, Chandler Simpson can pick up the slack slack. He certainly did this weekend. And so did Drew Compton, like Compton on Saturday, he went two hits, three RBIs like that plays all day. Like, yeah, Tech has a lot of bats. The pitching is a question mark. Like, Chance Huff did awesome on Friday, like we've I've already said. Um, Maxwell's better than what he did, but we still need to see consistency week to week from them. So it's also I kind of look at Saturday for them from the uh, pitching perspective that it's like bittersweet, I guess, because like we Maxwell didn't do great, but the bullpen did come in big time. But that's also not a sustainable model for your starter to go three innings pitch and rely on the bullpen every day. It's not going to work out the rest of the year, especially when it comes time for Omaha. I mean, and even when you look at Sunday, 
Their starting pitcher, Marquise Grissom Jr., only goes two innings. So when you really break it down from Saturday and Sunday for Georgia Tech, you only got five innings out of your two combined starting pitcher. Now, you did take the series. You won Friday, Saturday. You got clobbered on Sunday. Yeah. But that that is something where maybe that is – and I know you're going up against Georgia as well, which is a very formidable offense. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I don't think we've talked enough about that. Guys like uh, Corey Collins, guys like Josh McAllister doing some good McAllister things. McAllister did great yeah. this weekend. He, he did. Really he, good weekend. he did have a good weekend, and they started to put up those runs on the final day of the series yeah. to salvage and not getting swept. And that was obviously good for them. But I just think that, I mean, when you look at what Georgia brings to the table, I think that this, the rubber match in this game was really game one. When you saw both starters give you some length and have that type of grinded out type of victory. But when you see, when you talk about getting into Omaha and going deeper into the season, you have to win those games that would be on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday, midweek. Like you have to be a deep team pitching. I don't know if Georgia Tech is. They are a deep team on the offensive end, and that carried them to victory overall through the series. And that's how you can win series. But ultimately, is it how you win national championships is the question. I know Georgia Tech wants to ascend themselves in that conversation for sure. Yeah, my answer like would be no. Like you, you can't have that kind of pitching. It's just not sustainable. You can't really – like a, it kind of proves my point what I was saying about the Saturday game with the bullpen coming up big and throwing shutouts. And then on Sunday, the bullpen goes out. Only one guy doesn't give up an earned run. So you see both sides of the coin right there. And Georgia Tech has the offense. Their pitching has like the, they have the talent for the pitching. It's just a matter of if they can figure it out. Which Exactly. Is no, a hundred percent. And I think that you also have to look at the approach, the aggressive yeah. approach that Georgia Tech had. They threw their dogs early in this series because they know if we win Saturday, we can figure it out on Sunday. And so you go and like, just when you take up, take any team, for example, in the whole country, if you win game one or game two, you're trying to win game three, not worried about game four. So it's like you are throwing your dogs as soon as you can throw your dogs. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so like you want to get the sweep. So you're fired up right now, man. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. But yeah, I guess to wrap up this series, though, um, McAllister, like we said, he went he hit 500, didn't get any ribbies, but Chandler Simpson, I was impressed. I didn't get I, this. Is my that was my first time um, watching Chandler Simpson, and dude, he, he was he's nasty. He was hitting to every he was putting the ball in every part of the field, especially on Friday against the first round talent and Jonathan Cannon, and that dude can fucking fly. He's got some wheels on him. He does. And so overall, in recap of the series, Georgia Tech wins game one, eleven seven. Game two, seven, nothing. Game three, they lose 12. They're going to take the series two to one. There are some good stuff with this rivalry in state battle. Oh, also, it was uh, great on Friday seeing how packed Tech Stadium was. There, there is every standing room only is awesome. The fans came out in full support. Oh, the fans were out. The fans were out. That's what, that's what you love them getting exactly. ROWDY. And yes, sir. No, that that's awesome. So let's move along another series that I'm sure had a lot of fans as well, Charlie. Um, Absolutely, it did. It did. <laughs> this one for sure, Florida versus Miami. I mean, big series. series. Florida takes two or three. Initial reaction to that slate that we saw down in the shun- Sunshine State. Um, interesting pitching. A lot of dudes did some filthy stuff, especially on uh, Friday. Hunter Barco kind of looked rough. They were they kind of on top of him all. The Miami hitters kind of on top of him all uh, day. But Paris, um, Paul Chris looked really good for Miami out of the starting role, the Friday spot. Like, it was interesting to watch. It's fun to see both of them. Like, I kind of wish selfishly it was more of a pitcher's duel because I'm a big Hunter Barco guy as it is. But 
Really good first one by my uh, Miami. Also, Yo uh, Yo Morales absolutely cranked one of Barco's fastballs out into left field. Did he murder that ball? For I think like a two run homer, or three. Might have been two or three. And this was Straight this was. I mean, for Florida, this was a pretty good statement too. You know, you're absolutely. at you're at twenty two Miami. You're obviously a formidable team yourself, but you lose the first game of the series five two, and then you come back and allow just four runs. Big the time. next two days combined. Yes, and so you're pitching got the job done throughout the duration of the weekend, which led you to that series victory. But yeah. I mean, I mean, for Florida, you, you think that they're they're nasty. I know you're a big Barco guy, big but when Barco you, when, when you look at their lineup, you, you wonder who is going to be that big thumper. And it seems like some of those same names keep coming up uh, for Florida and what, and what they can do. I know that you have Judd up there and Sterling Thompson, and they want to be that meat in the order and you got Josh Rivera. So they got some of that experience. And of course, a uh, Colby kind of be in that table setter up at the top. I don't know. I think I'm just interested to see how Florida is going to compete now in the SEC and and what what they have in store moving forward after this series. And it, it definitely is a good result. But I think their competition for an SEC team, once you get to conference play, your competition takes a step to, to the next level. Yeah, the margin fair becomes razor thin. And to bounce off what you're saying there, um, if we see the rest of the week, the year, what we saw on Saturday from Braden Sprout on the Saturday roll, um, Florida's going to win a lot of ball games. Well, they're going to anyways with that. They've got a fantastic offensive lineup and you got a Friday absolute superstar in Hunter Barker. But uh, Brandon Sprout on um, Saturday went six and a third, three hits, eight Ks. He had two walks, but what I was impressed by was they were, were they back to back? Yeah, they're back to back straight up. Was, he threw eight balls in a row and walked, walked both of them, but then he buckled down and got another, got a ground up second and struck the guy at the end of the inning. Um, Dude, Chuck's absolutely heat. I know that I, I didn't, he didn't touch one-on-one, but they announced we're talking about that. He has touched one-on-one. Uh, his stuff was disgusting. He was cruising mid-90s to the, at most of the day. Curveball is really nice. His fastball's got his – hey, Will, I know you like this. Uh, his fastball's got a lot of good ASR. Tons – really nice ASR on there. Um, his changeup's filthy, too. Right. Braden Sprode could be a guy if you can keep figuring it out. I was impressed. He's a, he's a guy and I definitely figured it out on that fine occasion. And yes, uh, he did. You, you talk about that. Then we start mentioning Florida in the regard of they've got that one, two punch that you need to compete in the playoffs too. all the mentioning you have about Barco. Now you have another guy that you can Hopefully, kind of yeah. ascend to that level of pitching that is going to be dominant that we can rely on that can get us through the deep, dark sec conference. And I, that arm side run might be what does it for him. ASR plays, especially when it's coming at you 96 to 97. Yeah. And he, eh, it plays for sure. So good, good series victory, Ooh, but on the flip Florida. side, will sorry, I need to talk about my other guy that I'm a big fan of because I'd watched him pitch against FAU Seeing him again against a very good Florida team was awesome. My man, Carson Ligon, the freshman starting mm. pitcher for Miami on Saturday. Doesn't throw nearly as hard. He's about 89 to 93, but he has my favorite changeup in the country. Dude, that thing tunnels like it's nobody's business. It comes out of nowhere. It's a wiffle ball. He went seven innings, three hits, eight Ks, no walks, one earned run, uh, three, three, uh, or two unearned, so three runs overall. He's kind of a victim. I think that Miami was really sloppy on Saturday. With, I think they had like three or four errors. It was kind of brutal. And the last thing I'll, I'll let you talk here, I'm rambling, but uh, don't, folks, don't let the score fool you. It was uh, three to one going into the top of the ninth in Florida or 
ninth, eighth or ninth, and Florida put up a five spot out of nowhere. So the game was very close all throughout till just the very end when it got put out of reach. And my uh, Florida kind of popped up out of no, not out of nowhere, but they took advantage of their situation. No, that that's a good takeaway from that series, and see certainly what Miami can do in their respective league. Obviously, a team that should make some moves. So that. Definitely was good. And you talk about the winner of that series being Florida taking two of three. Now, how about your winners from the past week? My first one is a team that I have kind of slept on and I probably, I should have picked that. I feel foolish now in hindsight, but Tulane, they got a serious sweep over Mississippi state, which Bulldogs looking kind of rough, especially we got to see what happens with that Landon Sims injury, but the Tulane green waves, they stay hot, man. They're on, they're rolling. I can't even say they're on fire because they're water, but. One of the hottest teams in the country. They are. They are they really, really are. good. Um, do you want me to go one of my winners? Yeah, Just go one for let's, one? Yeah, let's, let's go one for one. All right. Mine, Gonzaga. Another team that made some moves against Hughes, baby. another Hughes. said team. And I know you mentioned Gabriel Hughes, a beast. Another oh, said team that took a series earlier this year from Vanderbilt. That's Oklahoma State. Gonzaga. How about the, I mean, they were dominant over the Cowboys and especially it's, I mean, it started with that dominance from a guy named Gabriel Hughes, who I think was on our social media page uh, earlier this year with somebody picking them to be on their team. Oh, is that you? Was that, is he on a, what's, what's your, is your strip too hard, right? No, that's the name of my league, Charlie. What the hell's your uh, team name? Oh, the Wilcon factor. Right. That's what it is. Okay, I got switched up. My bad. For all two people that know our teams. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, it's like basically you and me are the ones that actually know our teams. (laughs) So, Gonzaga, you go. What's your second winner? I've got another sweep against a team that we know our good friend Ryan is big on. Northeastern sweeping NC State and holding Tommy White to one hit. Or, yeah, I think one hit. That might be wrong, actually. But basically keeping Tommy White quiet all weekend, more or less. But Northeastern sweeps a good NC State squad. Um. I had NC, I would have picked NC State winning this this series, but not super surprised. Not surprised, but like Northeastern is probably the first like other than that Campbell game that they played last week. Northeastern is the next best legitimate team that NC State's actually faced this year. So hopefully, it's a good wake up for the Wolfpack. Northeastern's legit. They are. I mean, that's just that's just all you can say. They have a legit one-two punch. Absolutely. I mean, Schlittler, I mean, they, they're they a really good baseball team, and they showed it against NC State. My next winner is another really good baseball team, and it's not a sweep, actually. It's Ole Miss taking two of three from UCF, and a reason that is is because they faced adversity, losing a game in extra innings in this one. And they also faced adversity, losing their first game of the season, now 10-1 and one overall. And I think UCF is a really good team. I think, I mean, they're, they're a very good team that can pitch very well. And Ole Miss got the job done. Good teams, especially Ole Miss-esque teams now that are teams that you are, have an expectation. With that comes a lot of pressure when you're a top 10, five team in the country. And they still got the job done. And I know UCF was coming for it. Every team is going to get Ole Miss best shot because of how good they are. And they still got the job done with that territory, with that pressure. That's why I got Ole Miss is my second winner. How about your third winner, Charlie? It's me. It's me for uh, calling the trap game last week, saying Campbell over NC State. I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one. If you follow us on social media, I'm sure you saw it. I wouldn't shut up about it. But uh, also, Will, with that, too, I'm, I'm getting a kind of a cult following among the elite mid-major shortstops because I was getting a ton of love from the Zach Neto family after that game, too. Getting a ton of, so shout-out to the Nettos. Wow, Charlie. 
Love Pat it. your freaking self on the back. Love me some fighting camels. Man, go fighting camels for sure. So losers now. Well, hold What's on. Your you're, yeah, hold your on. last winner. And this is a big boy. So that's why. Well, it's a big boy. So winner. Tennessee and Jared Dickey in the Shriners Hospital Classic. They go two and one. And Big Dickey gets a three for five performance throughout the duration of the weekend. How about that, Chuck Cheese? Yeah, I, I almost put Tennessee as mine, but I knew like you were going to do that. So I didn't do it for the sake of overlap. Like we've talked, you know, I've said it before. <laughs> you just um, read my mind. Exactly. Well, it's what we do, man. That's why, that's why we're on the podcast together. But um, I was really happy for Tennessee because you and I are both very high on Tennessee. We talked about betting on them for the chip last weekend or last week. I mean, uh, this was good, though, because like Tennessee, yeah, yes, their offense has probably been the best in the nation this year, but they really had not played anybody up until now. And uh, they still performed at a high level. They did lose the game, but uh, I was encouraging. It was good to see them kind of prove what they've already done this year. One hundred percent. Yep. No, they got a lot of good players. I mean, Tennessee, we got a couple guys that can bump triple digits. You got speaking of um, you mentioned your team, the Chuck Cheese and Elite Center Fielders leading the SEC in batting average. My king, Drew Gilbert, hitting 500, and we'll take that all day. There you go. And you got guys like that. You got guys who can throw Chuck E. Cheese, which is gas. Yeah. You got guys yes, who can rake. And so there you go. How about now for your L's? Uh, my first one, I kind of talked about it already, but I'm going to go with the Mississippi State Bulldogs. They're now 6-6. Six and six. Hopefully, I really hope, just in general, like you never want to see a player get hurt or actually be out for a long time. So I really do hope Landon Sims' injury isn't as serious as people have kind of made it seem. I haven't seen anything new on it yet, so that's – I don't know. I don't really know what that means. But, yeah, it's kind of been rough going for Mississippi State so far. Um, fans want like, everybody's head down there in Starkville, uh, which I kind of get to an extent because you're the national, reigning national champs, now you're 500, losing quite a few games that you really shouldn't be. But – I'm, I'm not too worried that Mississippi State team is – maybe they're not a top-four team like people thought, but they have way too much talent. They're not a 500 club. They're going to finish well above 500, so I'm not worried long run. Sucks in the short term, but overall, I think fans just relax, eat your barbecue, chill out. Hope We all hope Landon Sims gets back healthy as quick as possible and see how it goes. My loser is Oklahoma State. And the reason that is, is because the same line of thinking that you had is that the expectation, right? The expectation is to be a very good team. I know you're going up against a very good opponent in Gonzaga. However, your expectation, especially like as mentioned earlier, they took a series from Vanderbilt, is the fact that you are an upper echelon team, not just in your conference, but in the country. And you got to show that going up against teams. And I know Gonzaga now a fringe third to that top 25 status type of team it's a good opponent however the expectation of Oklahoma State team this year is extremely high and so I think when you fall short of those marks and I know it's it's unfair for some teams that are just picked picked to be really good and you don't know much about them with a lot of transfers and I think that I think that their ceiling is still very high but I think that you look at them right now in the short term as a loser because they're not obvious I think it's expected though they're going to take some lumps early on with a lot of transfers and guys who haven't played together but that's why this is one of these lumps and I expect them to bounce back just like you said about Mississippi State but that is my first loser. Yeah, it's a good one. They did take a fat L this weekend. 
Uh, I'm going to switch mine because I realize I have basically two NC State related things in losers. But the second one I'm going to do is um, people, we didn't get to see Tanner Witt on Sunday. I thought that was a loss. I know I don't, it's been said it's not serious, it's precautionary. It was supposed to be back this weekend. Uh, I was really excited to watch Tanner Witt versus uh, UCLA on Sunday. We didn't get it. So kind of bummed me out. I, you know how I feel about Tanner Wood. He's got a horse cock. He's the number one pitcher in Texas, the state of Texas. So it was a bummer. Hopefully, I'm, I, I want him to get back. I love watching Tanner Wood pitch the ball. Oh man, how do you follow? <laughs> how do you follow that up? Yeah, you got it. You got. It. I believe you will. All right. So my next one was Arizona. Uh, the, the so when you look at Arizona, they had a series against Texas State. Won the first game on Friday, then proceeded to just combine for five runs in the final two days of the weekend and lost the series to Texas State. And we're talking about a team right now that is nine and three overall, two of their three losses on the year. Now to Texas State, a guy who's got Daniel Susak, one of the best hitters in the country, a team that had, I mean, look at what they did last year. You just dropped yeah. a series to Texas State. So, I mean, a team with just those grand expectations when you go 45 and 18 a season ago and you go 31 and seven in your home building and you come back and you've got that mustard. I mean, come on. And so I got that. I got that as a series loss and a loss overall for the weekend with Arizona dropping a series to Texas state. Yep. Shout out to Texas state. That was a big W for them. Hey, facts. Uh, There's always two last... sides to the coin. Exactly. My last loser is NC State, because while they did win today, as we were recording the podcast this Tuesday, they had, they dropped four in a row uh, the past week. They lost to Campbell, which it was at Campbell. Campbell's a good squad. That's not like a total loss, but they got their teeth kicked in against Northeast, Northeastern. They kind of got exposed, so got to see them bounce back. Um, they got a really tough series coming up that we'll talk about later later on in the podcast, but um, NC State, they're my last loser for the weekend. Wow. NC State. I mean, that is a tough one, especially of like the mission that they've been on yeah. this year. The wolf, okay, I got I got a corner thing to say. The wolf pack looks like wolf crap. That was uh that was all right. Yeah, I mean I know. I had to say it. I had to say it though. I mean that I hope not too many people are cringing. All right. Every, how, everybody is. All right. So the Wichita State, anybody that had to face them. Or anybody who didn't have the pleasure to watch them this weekend because it was on Flow Sports, all right? That Ooh. is the losers for this one. Anybody who didn't get the grand privilege to watch Wichita State or anybody who had the great honor and privilege of playing Wichita State. They beat Iowa, they beat Washington State, and they beat Texas A&M in the Frisco College Baseball Classic. That's a pretty good statement against some pretty good programs. I know you had some good arms, some good bit games, some good bats, especially Washington stay with the way Cody Colden played over the weekend. I mean, they did some good stuff, but Wichita State, my losers, anybody who didn't get to see them play, who didn't have the good graces of flow sports or anybody who had to face them, which is those three losing teams with they went three and oh, how about that for a sick twisted loser? That's a hell of a pick. I'm not going to lie. I like the creativity out of it. Well, <laughs> that's, that's some uh, other world thinking right there. I respect it. All righty. Well, now we move along to what Chuck E. Cheese is going to be the weekend guy, the weekend, the weekend rotation. rotation. <laughs> Let's go right. on to the weekend rotation. Who, who do you have from your Friday, Saturday, Sunday guest performances from the past weekend that, that make the cut for your rotation? 
All right, Friday night, uh, one that I didn't see him, he didn't get any love on it, but shout out to Western Kentucky's Sean Bergeron. All he did well against Hartford. Nine innings pitched, three hits, no earned runs or runs in general, no walks, and a sweet 16 strikeouts. That is uh, domination to its best. It's really tough to get much better than that, and most people can't, will never even sift that kind of stuff. So shout out to Sean Bergeron. That's my Friday. Do you want to do the same thing, go back and yep. forth? My Friday is going to be Jake Jelloff, two home runs in their sweep against Penn State. How about the way that man has swung the bat so far this year? One of the best bats in all of college. Shout out to Jake, bro. He's a baller. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Your Saturday guy. Another baller. And he he dethroned our beloved Tommy White in this category. And that's Liberty's Derek Orendorf. Three homers this weekend. And now he is the leader in his home runs this year at 10. And his slash line currently, Will, is four, he's, at, he's hitting 441. His on base is 635. And he's slugging 1324. Um, if that's not swinging the stick well, I don't know what the hell is then. That dude is on a tear. He's just, he's the heartbeat of liberty right now, man. He's the, flame, he's the flame for the flames. And that flame for the flames, that inferno for the flames, that heartbeat, that, I mean, he's not the right fire in your soul. He's not the right ventricle or the left ventricle or the aorta. He is that whole (laughs) heartbeat. He is is. that entire. And that is a, (laughs) that is an insane beat though. That is is. that beat. That's a bass drum. That is a big beat because of the fact that they are a top 25 team. He's doing that at a high level for a high level team. And that's a great pick for your Saturday guy. Appreciate it, dog. Well, my Saturday guy, Daniel Susak, or I kind of already talked about him, so I'll grace through it a little quicker, but he had a nine-game hit streak snapped on Sunday. But during that span, he had 20 hits and eight doubles. A nine-game streak. I mean, he was raking over the weekend. That's ridiculous. That's, <laughs> that's ball. That's ball. And eight doubles, too, is crazy. Susak's a dog, though. Like, Susak, this is the way he does. And it he takes did it last one. year. He's going to keep doing it. Exactly. And now he's the main guy there. But it takes one to know one. So how about your Sunday guy? One of my favorite pitchers in all college baseball, someone that people don't talk enough about. I think one of the most underrated pitchers in college baseball, and that's Tyler Thomas, the Friday guy for Baylor. Did he actually have the best Friday out of all the Friday pitchers? No, because like Sean Bergeron went 9-16. and But Tyler Thomas against a very talented and young, but very talented and good UCLA team in that Shriners class we love so much, went eight and two-thirds with four hits, one earned run, which kind of sucked because it came at the end, so kind of ruined it a little bit. But dude was dominant all through. 10Ks, no walks. And the reason I chose him to not only to highlight what he did on that Friday, on the year, through three games he started against Maryland, Duke, and UCLA, all three teams that are extremely good squads, he's gone 20 and two-thirds innings, three earned runs, three walks, nine total hits, 24Ks. Tyler Thomas is not the like a top prospect by any means, but he is one of the um, – Almost underrated and slept on starting pitchers in the league. And Baylor has Baylor is kind of looking like they have a legit ace now in the Friday spot. Is he like the sexiest pick? No, he's like 89 to 91, but he's going to throw you all four of his pitches. Then they're all going to spin really well. And then he's going to throw them all in the zone. He's going to make you sit on your ass on the bench. I like that. For he's me, a dog. he's so nasty. For Love. me, now we're on to the Sunday guys, right? And oh, yeah. so you win game one of the series with a Friday guy. You, you okay? Absolutely. Maybe maybe you win game two with a Saturday guy, but then on Sunday, typically that's your rubber match. You never know what you're gonna get, and this yeah, is what know. and this is what San Diego got. 
from a young freshman left-hander. One of the wildest box scores that I've seen all season long. This is true. Against a good team, too. Against Dallas Baptist, this young lefty freshman, six and one-third innings, 15 strikeouts, and one walk. Now on the season, he has struck out 36 batters and walked four. The young freshman doing well in his three starts have come against Oregon, Fresno State, and Dallas Baptist. However, eight earned runs allowed. Except for the game of the year. Si- hold on. And six home runs allowed in six and a third innings. But 15 strikeouts and 104 pitches in total. You go six and a third, strike out 15, walk one but then let up six home runs, eight earned runs, and get the loss in 104 pitches. I mean, it's just insane. So he was either letting up a home run or striking a guy out. Yeah. It's like a scoregami-ish. Like like literally (laughs) every time, 15 strikeouts and six home runs allowed. The only other really results you could have. I mean, he recorded – he only had a few outs that weren't strikeouts. So yeah, I mean he uh, I mean he he and then the six home it was crazy. So that is my Sunday guy just for Sunday fun day. I have a question for them. Would you consider that a dominant performance or not? Because like the no. 15k, the it's weird though, isn't it? it? Looks like the 15k shows the stuff's there to extent at least, especially against Dallas Baptist. Then you get six home runs. It's been that's a I don't know. It's put me. It's put my brain. I mean, in six home runs is just un, insane. Yeah. That like, alone, most pitchers can't be in for that long. Absolutely. Right. But his first start against Oregon, five and two thirds, 12 case. Okay. This freshman's kind of good. His next start against Oregon state or Fresno state, six innings, nine case, no runs allowed. And then Dallas Baptist, six and a third, eight earned runs, 15 case. It shows, I mean, 36 case and 18 innings now for this young man this season. He's good. All six of his home runs were allowed in one outing against Dallas Baptist. I think that's might be, I mean, DBU is good and they can rake, but this freshman definitely showed that he has some good stuff, but it's a little feast or famine there for him as well. Hot takes time now, Charlie, let's get it. Uh, I got boring ones for this week. I don't have a whole lot of excitement. I can't recreate the magic that happened last week with my Campbell, my fight, my Campbell fighting camels, but why? I don't know. I've, nothing's inspired me. I haven't looked at anything. It's, it's not my muse, you know, you're not Charlie Bornoff is an expi- inspired. Not right now. Not. Oh, I'm inspired, but not for a hot take this week, really. But so right, the fair. ones I'll go with is I'm recycling my Tanner Witt one because I just want Tanner Witt to pitch. So I'm speaking into a manifesting, speaking into existence. Tanner Witt will have 12 K's this weekend. You're a freak. I know. So I'm, I'm a sick dog. And my next one is Notre Dame, the fighting Irish who are playing the NC state Wolfpack this weekend, two teams with a ton of home run potential. I'm saying Notre Dame will hit more home runs than NC state this weekend. Okay. Those are my hot takes. They're not, they're not very fun, but. Here is your boys. Hot takes. All right. Number one. You've got a flame of a baseball team that you've already mentioned, right? Indeed. Here on Tuesday, they host number 15, North Carolina. I think they're a team that's going to ascend into the top 10 coming up very soon. Well, we know what happened in the Carolina game. Liberty beat Carolina. Exactly. (coughs) Yeah, Liberty's filthy. I like that take. I think that's it. That's a good take. I like that one. No, they, they'll, like, have fall, they'll have to fall their way a little bit, but like Liberty's big, especially if they beat Campbell. This, if they, if they sweep Campbell. That's a really big thing. Well, that's well, that's where I get to now. 
is you look at their upcoming schedule. They have, they played number 15, North Carolina. Now they have a three game set against good Campbell team. So that, I mean, that's ultimately going to be that measuring stick. Yep. They're already 11 and one. I got them in the top 10 soon. Question though. Okay. And we can, we'll talk about this. We have, we have that serious Liberty Campbell in our uh, spotlight, but I have a question though. If Campbell, let's just say in theory, Campbell sweeps Liberty. Okay. That gives Campbell now a win over NC state. Campbell won today against, I think they played, um, Wilmington, UNC Wilmington, which they're not very good, but still another win. And they sweep Liberty. I think in at Liberty, does Campbell crack the top 25? Yes. Would you put that? I think they should. Yes, a hundred percent. A hundred a thousand percent. Because that, that's that's um, a hell that's a hell of a hot streak right there. A thousand, but I, 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 you, you, I just I was gonna have a caveat there and say I don't think they'll sweep them though. No, but that's fair. I'm just asking. I will probably eat my words now that I say that, but I mean, yes. If if they do, I think that you would have. I mean, that would be a crime. I think that's at least like that. I think that's that warrants like being twenty fifth. You know? No, that would be a crime. I feel like if if they were not, if after a sweep of a team that's now fourteenth and just beat number fifteen, so absolutely be a highway robbery if not. But I mean, Campbell is good, so I, I expect that to be a great series. I'm for, I'm looking forward to breaking that one down hundred percent. Friday's going to be a f- yeah. We'll talk. We, yeah, we're spoiling way too much. We should probably yeah. So Gabriel Hughes will be an All American. So is that what, so that you're going to sit on that one for the long term? You like Gabe Hughes All American? That's my long term hot okay. take. That I know that they have to be for the upcoming weekend, but just it's watch okay. him. No, no, no. Just watch him this upcoming weekend. Yeah, I need. To, well, um, no, but that's the, what, no, 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 no. So, no this, this is. I'm agreeing with. You. I'm not disagreeing. People that are, will listen to this. It's not going to be that helpful. Hopefully, they listen to it in time, but. Uh, Mizzou and uh, Gonzaga isn't a series we can anymore. They're just playing on this Wednesday when you'd be hearing it. They're playing that day. So I don't know if Gabe Hughes would pitch, but we'll we'll see. I don't know. Thank you. Got to throw that one out there. Let the people know. No, you have to. And I'm just saying the upcoming week, get that in your veins. He's going to be a beast. How about another one is another question I have is, do we need to pump the brakes on Tommy White? My question that is in what way? Because while I, you know, I'm big on Tommy White. Um, I have always been like, okay, like I was loving what NC State's doing and everything. I guess I didn't really say it a ton on the podcast, but you know, like they're kind of in the same vein of Tennessee, but Tennessee is doing it at a greater volume of like run scoring and all that. But those first two weekends, like NC State didn't play anybody. They played Quinnipiac and uh, uh, who was the other one? It was um, Evansville. They like those aren't like no offense to either the squads. They're not exactly premier teams right now, especially. And they were going kind of bananas, but then it was looked rough when they played their first legit competition in Campbell. And they did like they did fight back, and Tommy White had a big hit in that game. So I guess it depends on what I, I'm rambling too here, but I guess it depends on like what do you uh, in what way do you want to pump the brakes? I just like Tommy White, first team All American. Yes, I agree. Like we should like relax. Like he's not he's really good, but he's not gonna be a first team All American, you know? Right. So you're still going on the highway driving, but maybe you get out of the fast lane right now yeah you're in like the yeah it's a, it's a middle lane or you're exiting a little bit you know you're thinking about it. it's coming you out exit a miles. you maybe merge on to a different interstate type thing okay how about my last one actually i don't have any more that's it my hot take we're good <laughs> we right. are good now let's go to the sandlot spotlight and uh look at some of the series all right so our first series is we got Notre Dame versus NC State, like we talked about. And I'm excited for this series for many reasons. There's a lot of talented bats on this one. Better pitching than people think there is. Um, and this also, 
speaking of Tommy White and company, this would be a, a very good measuring stick for um, what they really are. This is, I think this was kind of going to show us what N State really is all about. And I think they're going to show us that they are about the bag, they are about business, and they are going to get the serious victory over Notre Dame. I'm picking NC State. I think that they've fallen on tough times, and they're going to bounce back and show everybody why they are a good team at their home facility, where they play so well traditionally. And I've got NC State, and I know you've got Notre Dame and how good I they do. are. This is a top-ranked matchup, and it's going to be fun. I, I do like that take. I think like the, this, this, the, the five games, we, the five series we picked, are really hard. This is, I think, our hardest ones yet. I'm strong because, like, I, I I'm, it's uh, me picking Notre Dame's like Notre Dame, like, lock it, book it in, like, that's guaranteed. I just think like, I'm, it's like, I think Notre Dame will win. I don't, not super confident in it, but I don't know. Notre Dame's good. And also, I haven't seen, I haven't got to see a ton of them. So, kind of want to go for the fun of it. Like, I do think N State's really good. It's just, um, I don't know. It's not a good, right? I didn't give it any good reason. I just, it will be interesting. Yeah, no, I hear you. I can really say. I hear you. Now, uh, here's I think this series needs to get more attention. Um, I can I can get rock on that. This in this Florida State versus Wake for I mean, we've talked a lot about Florida State and they're they're, they're one two punch and how how is it really so? Hey, yo, I'm 100%. And they're good, they're top, they're they're one of the best teams in the country, but how about Wake Forest this year? I mean, they're 11 and one, they're 11 and oh at home, and they haven't really played anybody yet. Now they're playing Florida State. That's going to be a great test for the Demon Deacons. And after all that I said about them, I'm still picking Florida State. <laughs> I'm picking Florida State too, but like Wake Forest is filthy. Brock Wilkins, a dog. Uh, kind of an odd batting stance, but I like it. FSU, it's just so valuable in college to have. Uh, one ace on Friday, let alone have Bryce Hubbard be your Saturday guy. Like it's bananas what they have, and it's just um, Florida State hits well enough for that pitching staff. That I just like I believe in Florida State, you know. Exactly, I know that. I mean, the Demon Deacons are going to bring some good things to the table, and they, they haven't lost a game at home in eleven games, so they're going to yeah. make it a series. But they are. I wouldn't be at. I'd be less surprised if NC State beat Notre Dame. I'd be a little more surprised with Wake beating FSU, but Wake right. is not a slouch at all. Like Wake, Wake, Wake Forest is filthy. Exactly. Well, now let's transition. You go first this time. Virginia at Duke. Give me the Cavaliers. That's Virginia's filthy. Jake Jelloff. Yep. I, lo- I like Duke. Past Marcus Johnson, there's been I've had some question marks with them and their pitching, uh, and they're just really young. Virginia's a really experienced, good squad. They've been on fire lately, and um, I just—it's just Virginia's. Just, I think Virginia's just strips the better team. That's really what I I'm got. I agree. That's what I bring it down to. Even on the road, a good series matchup. Two pretty good teams. A fun series to watch. Um, I just like the way Virginia swung the bat this year. I think if they can keep yeah. that up, they're just going to be nasty. Um, they're going to be that formidable powerhouse that they always are, and I think they take care of business at Duke. Uh, now we move along to two teams that are getting a lot of attention, deservedly so, both teams that we have on our made-up leagues, yep. Campbell at Liberty. And, of course, this, I'm picking Liberty. You're picking Campbell. Yeah, and this is our uh, this is our second cross-conference um, battle. Southern Miss beat be, uh, my Raging Cajuns in the series last weekend. Oh, yeah. Hope, hopefully my fighting Camels beat Liberty. And, well, I will say this. The logical part of me, this hurts me to say, I Liberty, <laughs> Liberty, I would pick Liberty, but it truly would be a poor taste for me not to choose the Fighting Camels because they're dogs. 
Will is showing me his chest hair right now. He's pulling out his nipple. I'm going to throw some dollar bills later, I guess. I got to get some ones from the vending, the, almost the vending machine. But yeah, um, I'm taking Campbell. I don't think it's crazy to take Campbell. Like, I think people kind of sleep on how, what Campbell is, especially. And this has my, uh, Will, this has my favorite Friday matchup with Thomas Harrington versus Trey Gibson. Those are two dogs. And now that's one of the, that's one of the best small school pitching matchups you're going to get all year right there. Harrington versus Gibson. This is one of the best small school series you're going to get all year. Absolutely. I mean, Campbell at Liberty. Oh my gosh. That's going to be a banger. I got Liberty. They're just too good. I got Liberty maybe sweeping too. So we'll see. Um, oh, I don't think they sweep. I don't know. Okay. I knew you're going to say something about that. No way. <laughs> Iowa versus UC Irvine. I got UC Irvine in this one uh, playing against Iowa. I just think that UC has more potential. And I think that they're dominant. I think that you're going to see a little bit of uh, how good they are this weekend against Iowa, a very formidable opponent as well. Yeah, it's not a bad take. I have Iowa. Um, this will, I'm looking at this right now. This will be the most parity you and I are, you and I are going to have in the picks. Because usually it's like we like uh, deviate like one or two. We've got almost all of them. Um, I mean, look at the is, first week, you crushed me. Yeah, true. Facts. I'll take that all day. Um, you, yeah, it's true. What am I talking about? Um, back to what I was going to say. Yeah, Everybody's. Irvine is good. And I think I think a part of it is I'm still a little somehow still like slightly cool because Louisiana beat them in that first weekend series of the year. Um, I just like what I've been seeing from Iowa. I like Irvine, but uh, I think the Hawkeyes do it. Uh, this will be this is a sneaky good matchup too. two teams that are very good that the maybe the average fan doesn't really think about as much. They haven't gotten as much national media attention as a Campbell or a Liberty. Absolutely. So let's see. We'll run it down. So and Notre Dame, NC State. I got Notre Dame. You have NC State. Uh, FSU, Wake Forest. We both have FSU. Virginia, Duke. We both have Virginia. Campbell, Liberty. I got Campbell, the best team in the nation. And then you have Liberty. They're cool. And then Iowa versus Iowa versus UC Irvine. I got Iowa. You got the Anteaters. Yes, sir. And I think on the year for our picks, I am nine and four. And you are... What are you? I forgot. What's your thing? Five. Are you five and uh, five and seven? Is that right? You're supposed to be keeping track, coach. I have. I think you know, it's people kind of work. I think I think it's nine, and four, five, and seven. If that math works out. I don't know. I got. I got. I got a market.